Welcome to another episode of Brandonites, a podcast in which we hear from people around Brandon, Manitoba, who are passionate about what they're up to. This podcast is brought to you by the Western Manitoba Regional Library. Today's guest is Ryan Flannery, aka Flora Hex. Happy listening. Hello, Ryan Flannery, aka Flora Hex, to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. All right. So, uh, formally, I'm Ryan Flannery, but some of you might know me by the name of Flora Hex, and I'm a Brandonite. Are you from Brandon? I live here currently, but I actually grew up in the middle of nowhere north of Elkhorn, Manitoba, on a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came here for university, and then I started working here, and the rest is history. Oh, that's wonderful. So Brandon is your home now. Yes. But you're a Manitoban. I am, very mm-hmm. much so. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk a little bit about why you're on the program today and uh, some of the art that you create. Can you tell us about that? So um, I, in... I wouldn't say my free time, but one of my art forms, I'm a practicing artist uh, most of my life and very experimental with the mediums that I choose and the ones that I choose to kind of represent. And I stumbled upon drag. Mm-hmm. And so I've that's my medium right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been utilizing drag to create and express myself and others and the community. So it's been very exciting thus far. Well, that's fabulous. And that's what Flora Hex, the character Flora yes. Hex, came from. Yes. Ooh, tell us about the name Flora Hex. So Flora Hex, um, the persona comes from kind of, the name represents two parts, which if you talk to anyone from the drag community, uh, names are very diverse and they come from different places. And um, my drag persona's name was initially kind of representing the polar polarity in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so... As a person, uh, flora representing like flora and fauna, meaning flower, kind of delicate and um, light and life-giving and things like that, versus hex, which is kind of a very, very intense and dark element of like magic. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to represent the duality in my personality and my persona. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you get involved with the 2SLGBT QIA plus community in Brandon? Well, there's many elements that have kind of contributed to why I am a member of that community, other than my own personal journey in life. Um, But through my work and through the people that I associate with, it was just kind of like a vicarious exposure to the community here. Mm -hmm. And um, I, at my core, am kind of like a seeker, so I kind of sought for those people and Um, I saw need for support as a person who's in a position to offer support for the community. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we just find each other, I think. So it's kind of just a natural process. How do you find that Flora provides support for people in this community? Um, I think that Flora overall provides, like, a sense of... um, like courage and uh, adventure, I guess, for people in this community. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think that sometimes because we are Canadians and we live in Manitoba that we are uh, maybe sometimes a little bit complacent in what we see and what we experience and I encourage like myself as well as like others to if they feel like they are passionate about something seek it Mm -hmm. and also to enjoy like the magic and things and to let yourself be who you are and to kind of like literally foster that beauty in yourself and also like foster the parts of yourself that might not be so conventionally beautiful so Mm -hmm. flora is a very active character correct do you do dancing and singing as well as your makeup and your artistry yes i i mean i think i'm a singer but um (laughs) um i i haven't performed like live singing yet Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um maybe someday i will but Mm -hmm. um I would say that, like, for Flora, it's the performance is a lot about uh, emoting whatever energy is in the song that I'm interpreting coming forward. Mm -hmm. So there might be dancing. There might be uh, there's usually dancing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I fall, but Mm -hmm. usually not. We try not to fall. (laughs) Um, But there is some dancing and there there is a lot of uh, I call them gags where I try and like throw in maybe a quote, an iconic quote from pop culture that transitions between songs Mm -hmm. and kind of throw people off a little bit like that. Because Mm -hmm. as I said earlier, like my name is kind of inherently kind of a little bit polarizing. So I like to throw people off a little bit like that. Um, And I do like a good reveal between an outfit to the other outfit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do like the element of... uh, Like I mentioned before, I'm a practicing artist and I do love the element of like in conventional and traditional art where we have this uh, pushback where we have a sense of like maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so some of the looks I do through Flora are very much geared towards like intrigue Mm -hmm. and that might become, that might come from a little bit of discomfort, but usually Mm -hmm. it's kind of ends up being something nice. You like to push the boundaries when it comes to makeup. Um, I don't know if uh, any of our listeners have had an opportunity to look before, but I would like to paint a picture for them. Um, Let's talk about your makeup growth and where that started. Um, How did you learn to do these amazing, amazing makeup artistry skills? Um, Well, I will, if anyone is listening and they feel like they want to get into drag, I would suggest maybe starting at the drugstore, which is not what I did. (laughs) I went to Sephora, and I love Sephora, <laughs> but the a little bit's pricey. I definitely it was a little bit like a fever dream. Mm-hmm. I went in and I left. I was there and it happened, and that's about as much as I'll go into detail about that. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely started off thinking just about experimentation with, like, the art form of, like, transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, I challenge anybody who would say no to that they don't enjoy like dressing up in some facet whether it was when they were a child or maybe for Halloween or I mean I always describe like drag drag is so universal to me that I had this conversation with someone the other day that I said we all do drag every day Mm -hmm. it's just that we have labeled drag as one thing Mm -hmm. and uh, it's no different than uh, a person putting on a suit to go to work Mm -hmm. or a hockey player putting on their team's jersey like we are creating a version of ourselves to represent and 
um, initially my makeup kind of started off with just like experimentation and I started kind of finding what I want to, re what I wanted to represent through the makeup, which is kind of this sense of like an ethereal being, but also, um, one which is like powerful mm -hmm. and should be respected. Mm -hmm. Um, but also balanced with like kindness and like those types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like the artistic journey with the makeup, it started from like the fundamentals of watching, you know, seeing queens that I appreciate, mm -hmm. seeing art that I appreciate, seeing mm -hmm. things in nature I appreciate, a lot of the looks that I create uh, sometimes are inspired by things that I see outside or um, things that I read or things like that. Um, and, it, and it is a process um, mm -hmm. where you have to be kind of gentle with yourself with your expectations because as many things do, they don't always go the way we plan them to. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, a lot of the looks are kind of inspired by that. I mean, I do get inspired by other queens that I've seen, whether it's the iconic RuPaul's Drag Race or another fantastic drag series called Dragula, which is not necessarily as popular. Mm -hmm. um, and I just find things that I think, like, emote with me and might emote to others. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, try and make it, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of trial and error, and it's a lot of learning. The hardest thing about drag, in my opinion, is learning your face. Mm. And learning, like, because we, we definitely, as many other things, we are told and we kind of expect to, like, do things the way they've been done by others. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is no one has your face. And so how do we expect to do makeup like someone else who has someone else's face? Mm -hmm. So learning your face is very important in the process. And also, like, just, like, trying to have fun when you can because it's not always fun. <laughs> well, you've nailed your symmetry. You're the eyes that you create are always stunning and you and you like to use uh, prosthetics as well correct yeah I use some prosthetics yeah mm -hmm. sometimes yeah like what um I mean I love I love ears mm -hmm. I love horns cool um I have made my own prosthetics before mm -hmm. um, probably the most unconventional one was uh, I was using actually it's a it's a like a facial mud like a mud mask. Mm -hmm. You can buy it from Amazon, and it's great for your skin. But I had some, and I thought, I'm just going to smear this in my hair, and I'm going to do this kind of, like, being from the woods. And um, it just so happened that my mother was processing dandelion roots as this was happening, and she s said, you should use these in your look. And so I stuffed them in my mud on my head. <laughs> what a cool element. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's very much like I think prosthetics are just like an element that kind of pushes it forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're an easy route to kind of, I guess, bridge the gap between um, reality and fantasy for people. Mm -hmm. Like elf ears, if someone wears elf ears, mm -hmm. people's minds automatically go somewhere, whether it's like Christmas or it's Lord of the Rings or anything fantasy based and that kind of puts them in like a certain space for themselves mm -hmm. and i mean if you wear all fears you you go in that space yourself too which is always good mm -hmm. uh you do a lot of work making outfits as well correct yes. do you sew everything i really try my best to yes mm -hmm. and um and it's funny because i it, I get the comment to myself all the time from people where it's like, oh, you're so creative and da 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 da. And I'm like, I am really just like so stubborn. <laughs> like, I really want, if I have something in my mind, mm -hmm. to either do it or figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. And sewing was one of those things in high school I nearly failed home ec. Mm -hmm. So there's hope for everyone. <laughs> um, and 
a colleague of mine actually was my home act teacher. And mm. so every day that I show her something that I've sewn, she's amazed because I my hoodie ended up being a crew neck hoodie, mm-hmm. sweater. Um, so yeah, I do sew a lot of the things myself. Um, I have created patterns. I have, uh, I try my best to try and not spend a ton of money on fabric because I could spend a lot of money on fabric. Mm-hmm. Some other people might dispute the fact that I do spend a lot of money on fabric, but, um, yeah, a lot of it is just like, it's a very creative process when you create clothing and I try my best. Even this weekend I was making something and I kind of went into a full blown existential crisis. I think where I was just looking at the outfit saying, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't even know how long it went on for, but, uh, I put it away and then the next day we went at it again and now we're happy with it. But yeah, sewing is, sewing is such a pivotal, I think, role of drag. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, some people who are familiar with the community of drag have opinions about queens that don't sew. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that queens should sew because it makes you a good drag queen, but I think everybody should try and sew because of the expressive quality of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I, there's no other form of art that I know of that, like, you can just create something that physically exists on your body. And I think that's a huge part of why I love to do it. And it also, like, I mean, it represents you so much when you're creating it yourself. Mm-hmm. You're choosing the fabric. You're choosing the pattern. You're choosing how you want it to fit you. Mm-hmm. You're choosing the message you want to convey. All those things are so important. I think that's why, like, I try my best to stick to sewing my garments and also, like, I am a man and I am built like a man mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, there's not a lot of clothing that fits me if I was to shop in a women's section. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the fact that winners is literally like I can shop anywhere in there now, <laughs> but at the same time, a lot of the stuff doesn't necessarily fit me. So it's important to be able to like create things that work with my body. So yeah, you get the opportunity to be a lot more original when you don't buy it off the shelf. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah. like, I mean, even there's a lot of times where I will, go to um, the thrift stores in town Mm -hmm. and I will find things that I know I can repurpose into something else. And I have an outfit that is made out of 20 different pairs of jeans that are Mm -hmm. actually my dad's jeans and my mom's jeans Mm -hmm. and my jeans. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. And it's like one of my favorite things because it's kind of got a little bit of a, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit nostalgic there. Look at you being all environmentally friendly. I am trying my best. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Uh, Well, there's a piece to every part of that puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's, you said um, that uh, you have to be comfortable with your face. You need to do that while your body also projects that as well. When you get in front of people, you... Your makeup, your outfit, your shoes, your hair, your mm-hmm. glam, your glitz, your everything. Mm-hmm. You exude it, and you're doing a beautiful job at Thank that. Um, what are you going to be doing in the future with live performances? We're opening up now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's on your roster, my friend? Well, I can tell you that, I mean, the most recent thing is an event happening at the AGSM downtown mm-hmm. this Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very, I think, pivotal performance because it's the first drag performance that's occurred at the AGSM. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, my first kind of solo performance. Mm-hmm. It's my first workshop. Mm-hmm. So lots of firsts, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Um, I have, I can't give full details, but there are some performances happening in Winnipeg in April, which is, um, 
right now that's been the base of my performances because obviously there's just more of a scene there Mm -hmm. but that being said like I do have high hopes for the scene in Brandon um through especially like June for Pride Mm -hmm. as well as like maybe utilizing some of the venues around the city that I already in my mind know that will be wonderful Mm -hmm. for drag specifically like the Riverbank Discovery Center and like the library library yes there's so many there's so many places that and I I part of the reason why I even I really fought with the idea of performing because I thought what is the impact that I want to have and what's the purpose of my impact and because I felt like I was making an impact when I was kind of just solely routed in social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that a lot of it came down to the larger audience that I wanted to kind of associate with. Uh, yeah. And also, I mean, like, I've got a closet full of clothing that I don't use, so that's, <laughs> like, part of it as well. Um, mm-hmm. But... Like, I think for Brandon, I remember vividly there was a pride parade. It was my actually my first pride parade I went to by myself. Mm-hmm. I came out quite early in life, so, like, it was, like, kind of later. And um, I remember there was a queen that I'm very close with speaking at the pride parade as a grand marshal. And they grew up in the area. Mm-hmm. And um, they were taken aback and quite emotional by the amount of people at the parade. Mm-hmm. And because there was there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And they said, this is not the Brandon that I remember. And so that moment really was the moment that I was like, this is, I need to, I need to help bring this to Brandon because there's clearly so many people that would benefit or would engage with this. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I, I would never label Brandon as closed-minded. Mm-hmm. It, it's more, there just needs to be more opportunities. There, need, there needs to be more space. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily just for queer events, but also just for events that are like creative mm-hmm. and like exploratory mm-hmm. and those kinds of factors where like people can have the option to go and be part of something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. speaking of exploratory, you had mentioned social media. Yeah. We really need to talk about what you're doing online, Matt. Because seriously, there's some beautiful, beautiful creations. Mm. You need to tell our listeners all about your social media presence, TikTok, Insta, all that okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I, I am on TikTok as at Flora Hex and Instagram as at Flora or Hex because I wasn't the first one to use Flora Hex apparently. And I do dabble in the Facebook, as mm-hmm. the young people say. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I started with Instagram and it was as the purpose of Instagram is to share. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, when Instagram and TikTok first, well, Instagram came out first before TikTok. And I sometimes get called a millennial because I am one. <laughs> and I thought, why do we need to separate Facebook into its two parts, which is video sharing and image sharing? And mm-hmm. then we also have Twitter, which is the text element. But I went on Instagram and it was kind of a risk if I'm being honest because um, we all have those like conditioning elements to ourselves where we have the fear built into us of like standing out and so my rule for myself so the basis of Instagram and TikTok and Facebook specifically linked to my drag happened over three years so every June Mm -hmm. I do something Mm -hmm. that pushes my boundaries a little bit in terms of me as a person where what's the thing that I feel like I'm worried about if I was to be seen in drag in this venue or this place, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so I started with Instagram because it was kind of a little bit safer because I could make my account private and the only people that would see it would be the people that asked to see it and things like that. And I think the next June I did, my account went public. I made it public. And the following year is when I made the TikTok. So for me, the Instagram is more representing kind of like the static portrait, the beauty shot, if you will. (laughs) And TikTok is more of obviously the video art form where you can mess around with like transitions. And it is that element of like theater to it where Mm. you take your viewer on a journey from like one point to the other. Mm -hmm. And I know the biggest one, the most recent one was Facebook Mm -hmm. because that is a different demographic for me. And I always tell people like never assume that something's going to go the way you think because it usually doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I was so pleasantly surprised by the feedback from like the very people that I would be fearful of viewing that because Mm -hmm. they're predominantly people that I grew up with Mm -hmm. in a very small rural location and just very, very accepting. But um, I use those tools also for um, mainly because I want people to see them obviously Mm -hmm. but so that people can be encouraged Mm -hmm. because I tell I'm I'm very much like an objective realist with drag Mm -hmm. and I describe drag as a tool for myself Mm -hmm. to reach people and um, I also describe it as the fact that like people sometimes see it and they think they just get out of the shower and they look like that and I've had people that are like oh well you should show up in drag and I was like I'm gonna need like at least four hours yeah and once I get there, like, I'm probably not going to be in a very good mood because yeah. it's not like th- there's not <laughs> there's not very many parts of it physically that feel great. Yeah. But what carries you is like the energy of people and mm-hmm. what you're offering people and like what you're offering yourself. Right. So, yeah, social media to me is like very much like a platform where I can reach mm-hmm. more and more and more people through it. Mm-hmm. And also maybe people that like I don't necessarily even know. Mm-hmm. It's also like a safe place for people sometimes because like if I'm speaking about people that maybe grow up in smaller locations, like it's a big risk to go to a drag show, mm-hmm. to go to a bar that's centered around that community. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot safer for some people to go on Instagram and to view drag in that capacity or to go on TikTok and view it because it's a safe space for them to do it in. So it might be a little bit of a gateway for them to like move on to other things. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you inspire people. You do. And uh, in return, Tell us about your inspirations. Who inspires you? Well, my inspirations come from like pretty much, well, there's many people, but um, my inspirations are linked to kind of like my reasoning for doing drag as well. So um, growing up, I I witnessed a lot of uh, disempowerment in women. Mm -hmm. And um, when I started doing drag, the thing that I wanted to do was to embody the powerful women in my life. And to kind of like, in a in a roundabout way, give their power back to them in some facet. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like my mother is a massive inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many women in my life that have been inspirations to me, and sometimes they're people that I've known my entire life. Sometimes I've met them for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very much, and I mean, there are inspirations for me that are uh, people in my life that. Like my father, for example, who um, I always tell people as well, like I'm like, 
like I said, don't don't put people in a pigeon. Like, don't expect them to react a certain way. Because mm-hmm. if I rewinded 15 years ago, I would not ever think my father would be who he is and what he is now. Mm-hmm. And so that's inspiring to me as well because that helps me keep going and, and it helps me understand that, like, this is something that can be impactful for people. Mm-hmm. So my inspiration very much comes from, like, like specifically the women in my life that I look at and I'm like, that's a, she's powerful. And I, I like, I love that about that person. And I want to share that with the world. And I want to like help other people see that in themselves Mm -hmm. because I think that people a a lot, uh, we always kind of pay it that other people disempower us, but I think most often we disempower ourselves through situations. Mm -hmm. So it's very much about that. Good. Good for you. Awesome. And keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, let's let's change things up a bit here. Let's okay. talk about books. Okay. Yeah, you're a reader. I am a reader. Yes, and I am looking forward to hearing some recommendations. Give us a couple. Tell us all about it. Ready, okay. set, go. Okay, so one, I am a huge poetry reader. Um, in university, my major was creative arts, so like I am like, and I love the English language, but I'm a little bit of a deconstructivist so poetry is one of my main outlets so right now I'm less I'm reading a book called this is the journey by Allison Marley and um it is just like phenomenal it's phenomenal it's very much uh as a lot of it is very introspective um it's about life it's about finding the power in ourselves and finding the beauty in situations that might not necessarily outwardly be so beautiful um, another one that I, I pick up constantly is called Enigma by Thomas Transformer, which was a, I think it was 2014, won the Nobel Prize in Poetry, but there's a poem in that book called uh, A Winter's Night, mm-hmm. and it finishes with, uh, that the whole book is very much like the title is Enigma, so it has this inherent, you know, things are going to be confusing in it. And there is a poem, the poem I was mentioning before, um, there is a stanza in it that says, uh, we are scared that the storm will put its mouth to us and blow us empty. And so it's just this very existential journey through this book, Mm -hmm. but somehow it manages, like, even though some of the poems are so disastrous, it makes you feel like you can handle the disaster. Mm -hmm. And so that's another one that I like love. I mean, right now, because of part of what I do, mm-hmm. I am reading Life of Pi again. Cool. And um, I mean, I just love that book. Mm-hmm. I love sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. I love how like I find so many elements of it that remind me of like doing drag, mm-hmm. where we find these things in our lives that are also like they're kind of polarizing, and we use them to kind of get us through situations and to find our own strength. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, anything, I'm not going to name any particular books, but like anything by Sylvia Plath. Yes. I'm all over it. Um, yeah. But like basically like those, those ones are kind of my prominent ones right now. And like when I get reading something, I kind of blank out <laughs> <laughs> from other things. But um, I mean, RuPaul's book is like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. If anyone hasn't read it. It's mm-hmm. so good. Trixie and Katya's book, if you want to get into the realm of drag, mm-hmm. like both like great guides for Mm -hmm. someone starting drag but also like just overall just like fantastic reads Mm -hmm. to just sit down with so 
Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I definitely can see where you get the poetry love from. Yes. Absolutely. You paint that picture very, very well, <laughs> my friend. Um, so moving on here, um, what advice can you give to somebody that wants to learn how to perform drag? Okay. Um, I think my best advice is to kind of learn who you are in drag. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the first part of that phrase is probably the most important is like try and learn who you are and what you want to represent about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn about ourselves through doing experiences. And so that might change, but I think like being brave enough to just say, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want to do um, is really important. But like the other thing is, is to be patient with yourself and to, I think also educate yourself on drag mm-hmm. because I always talk about the microcosm, which is like communities in general mm-hmm. and how outwardly some people might think of communities as like self-sufficient and perfectly harmonious and they are not. Mm-hmm. And I always think it's really important to educate yourself on things like drag because mm-hmm. I think it's important to know its origin, mm-hmm. know where it's been and know where it's going. Mm-hmm. So that you can better, I guess, navigate that and also help others navigate it. Yeah. And then to just like experiment with things like do makeup, Mm -hmm. try outfits, Mm -hmm. try dancing, try Mm -hmm. singing, like just do, do whatever fuels that fire within you to keep going Mm -hmm. because you'll need it if you want to do it because Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like necessary, not everyone is doing drag. Mm -hmm. It is like, there's a lot of effort behind it. Um, but also like to seek others in the community that might have experience. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about like drag mothers, drag sisters, drag aunts, mm-hmm. those types of things. And those individuals just like, you can name them whatever they want, but they're really just guides for you. Yeah. Um, and it's important to find those people, whether they wear that title or not, so that you have someone to support you when mm-hmm. you are navigating that journey in yourself. Mm-hmm. And to, like, know that you can seek those people out. Mm-hmm. And that that information usually, in my case anyways, is shared very freely. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's really, like, where you can start. And then once you get in that, gain that confidence, like, the sky's kind of the limit. And also mm-hmm. to know that it doesn't make anyone less of a drag queen or a drag king or a drag performer or a drag artist mm-hmm. if you don't perform or if you don't do the conventional beauty mm-hmm. makeup. Mm -hmm. and things like that because I do think that once you start doing it there is that pressure to kind of adhere to those things and it can actually hinder you a little bit because you're not really gaining your full expressive power so Mm -hmm. yeah turn the music up yeah turn it up yeah uh up to 11 (laughs) so if somebody is just coming out and they're Mm. learning about Brandon Pride and they're trying to learn just to navigate all the ropes Mm -hmm. where's the first place they should go Mm, that's a good question where can they get those resources and maybe that support yeah i think that like i mean circ is fantastic Mm -hmm. the library is fantastic Mm -hmm. like those organizations are so accommodating and so welcoming and so loving Mm -hmm. that like you could go there and you might not even know what you need yeah and they will probably provide it to you yeah. Um, even like some some organizations in Brandon that have been pivotal for me, even though 
the outward appearance of them, like examples like Smitten, for example, mm-hmm. exceptionally accommodating, mm-hmm. exceptionally positively minded for the community here in Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, places like even going to um, just like public health. Yeah. Like places like that where there's at least a base for you to go from. Mm-hmm. Um because I think like a large part of that journey is the the hindrance sometimes to people is I'm scared to go to that place because what if that's not the right place to go? Yeah. And all those places that I said, even if it's not the right place, they're going to tell you what the right place is. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to help you along that journey. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, like just like any kind of events that happen in Brandon, like mm-hmm. we're there, like the community is there. And so, and I, like I said before, like you just, we just find each other. Yeah. So. Well, I'm really glad we found you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really looking forward to seeing all your upcoming performances and obviously your TikToks and my goodness, (laughs) just fantastic. So we'd really like to extend a huge thank you for you joining us today and all your wonderful words of wisdom and uh, all the best. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Well, that concludes another episode of Brandonites. Thank you to our guest, Ryan Flannery, and our interviewer, Michelle. We recorded their conversation in the sound booth at the Brandon Neighborhood Renewal Corporation's Makerspace. Check out our past episodes and subscribe if you'd like to get notified about the next one. If you'd like to suggest a future guest for our podcast, send me an email at alex at wmrl.ca. Don't forget to visit us at one of our branches located in downtown Brandon, at the Shoppers Mall, or in Carberry, Glenborough, Hartney, and Denebois. Check out our collection of books or our e-resources at wmrl.ca and see what we have going on for programs. Until next time, take care.